Welcome to the Happy Healthy Life Podcast with your hosts, Rob and Randy, who reveal the truth, the lies, and confusion about health so that you are no longer the victim to mainstream medical dogma and you are the hero to your own happy, healthy story. Is they've convinced so many of us that literally disease is the normal and that, listen, it runs in your family. Like, what does my great grandparents really have to do with the choices that I make today and where I'm going with my own future? So we really have to reclaim and recapture the truth, our health, come back to the values you're talking about, Rob, that the greatest doctor is on the inside. How cool is that? You don't have to fly anywhere in the world uh, to go find that doctor. It's right there. And that doctor needs real food nutrition. It doesn't like toxins. It loves the sunlight. It loves clean water. It loves motion and movement. It loves being connected to the things that matter. Don't ever forget that. So it's working from an inside out way of thinking, right? Versus an outside in. So even like when we uh, we teach you guys, um, and we'll get back to the questions here, but I was thinking about this. A lot of times the, the things that we have believed or been taught about health, specifically in the nutritional space, is really more um, more trendy and more fad. Uh, it's like this new diet that you do, or it's or it circles back around. But a lot of times, the the stuff that we're learning, we're getting it from nutritionists or from dietitians, and, and God bless them, or from doctors who took an online course. I, I don't know, but when you're getting advice from nutritionists and dietitians, they're really teaching you the trend of the time or the new latest hot diet, but I don't like to get uh, advice from people who just are trained in nutrition. You want to understand the biochemistry of the body. You want to understand physiology. You know, we really pride ourselves, and pride's the wrong word. We're well pleased with our approach because we do understand physiology, biochemistry, how the body uses nutrients, understanding metabolism. So now the way you teach health and nutrition comes from a completely different place knowing that the best doctors on the inside and understanding that that body needs certain things. It all boils down to being healthy at a cellular level. What do cells need? They need oxygen. They need nutrients. They need water. They need a neurological impulse. And so when you know that you can teach nutrition that doesn't really change that much, it gets a little better, but it's a lot easier to, to, to digest. So to say, uh, no pun intended there. No pun, at all. No pun yeah. intended. Hey, Sylvia, great to see you as well. And thank you for the compliment as well. Uh, Rachel, we appreciate you. And, in uh, in you know, and here's what I, I mean, I used to, I used to feel like even growing up, and I think a lot of the, a lot of the folks who are, who are in the group, a lot of the folks that are listening may have felt like this as well. Like, you know, you, you thought you had a handle on, on health, you know, speaking of those, mm. speaking of those trends, I can remember being when I was in high school and my mom was on every single kind of fad diet that you could uh, ever imagine it, whether it was, yeah. I remember the linguazine things that had the little packets of like, there was like a packet of rice and this other packet of food that was in there. And what was funny, even at that time, even because it was healthy, I would, I wouldn't eat just like one lean cuisine. I would eat like, like three of them. I didn't know and you so, could eat only one. I thought, ex ex exactly. Was this in the microwave, in the plastic wrapping too? So you could bake in 
the chemicals, the forever oh, of course, chemicals. Absolutely. With, <laughs> with the plastic around it as well. So, but you know, I felt like, all right, I've got to get my body healthier, but it was yeah. because that fat at the time, and it was yep. all about reducing, reducing the calories. So it didn't matter if it was a slim fast shake, mm-hmm. if it was doing the Atkins diet, if it was doing the lean cuisines, if it was doing whatever juice was there, whatever fruit or um, the boiled egg diet, grapefruit diet, whatever, whatever it is. Yeah. But I really felt like I needed to do something for my health. I just didn't really know exactly what to do. And what I found is that, you know, as we, you know, as then you go to school and and even going into going into medical school and and everything there was really about treating the body from the outside in. And that's what really never really resonated with me is going, hey, we're just going to put a Band-Aid on this with this potion, pill, chemical, whatever it is. And that just really didn't make a lot of sense. And so, you know, putting this into the lens that we're talking about now, that's when everything really opened up. And that's when we, you know, going into chiropractic school, because that really is the chiropractic philosophy is above, down and inside out. The body doesn't need any help healing. It just needs no interference. And so when we look at it that way, what I then found is that health really isn't something or sickness isn't something to fear. And I think that's right there with the yeah. medical industry actually capitalizes on scaring the crap out of people into then buying their drugs. In fact, we were just we we're just at a, at a place where we have coffee. We were at Good Morning Texas earlier. And then afterwards, we walked into this coffee place and there was a young lady that was in there and she was a, um, a, a, a far, pharmacy far, tech, maybe pharmacy, pharmacy tech for for one of the big hospitals, hospitals here in the yep. area. And she said, yeah, what I do is I work on people's health. Maybe not the wellness part, but I work on people's health. She used the word health and like she did use the word health, but that's what's confusing. But well, then she goes, she asks, you know, what do you guys do? And we, you know, I'll let her know about Rob and I and Happy Healthy and what we're doing. And she's like, Oh yeah, we we do the same thing. <laughs> no, we don't. And I'm thinking, wait a second, we actually do the complete opposite of that. We're we're trying to get people off drugs, not help more people get on the drugs. I don't think that really the solution to any of our problems right now is another pill to swallow every day to drug, that, to right? drug people into health. Well, if you could, we'd be the healthiest country in the world because we, what we're like 5% of the world's population, we're chalking down 60, 70, 80% of the world's drugs. So little, we, we have a drug problem. It's not a drug deficiency, but it was interesting because in her mind, she was helping she people was get healthier help. by helping them get access to pharmaceuticals. And it was really mind blowing because I look at you and I'm like, did I just hear what I just thought I heard? Yeah, but it's and it's that thing. So that's that's you know earlier. You know, I felt like like I was saying, I felt like I needed to do something to be healthy. But everything that I had been taught was not health, right? And so when people really truly understand what that definition of health is, the definition of health according to the World Health Organization is your body being in a complete state, which is a hundred percent health. Um, chemically, physically, emotionally, spiritually, and not merely the absence of disease or infirmity. In other words, it's not just merely the absence of symptoms, it's but your body being 100% whole, chemically, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. That truly right there is what health is. And that's what our yeah. goal is. And that's what our mission is, is to bring to true health, not this version of that we've all been taught that is a, um, a complete lie. But it's one of those things where you've been told a lie so long that you actually start believing it. And then, you don't even know how you got there. Yeah, and you, you said it. I think the the fear uh, that's created in our model, our current healthcare, and I use that word very loosely, it's, it's really not a healthcare model. It's sure. a sickness disease care model. 
Um, I mean, essentially, it's for a for-profit system where you only make money when people are really, really sick and really, really fearful and really, really overweight, depressed, and dependent and believe that they're victims. But I think the, the symptom thing is where we can fall into the trap uh, because we, you know, how do you even define health? Well, most people would say it's when I feel good. So totally. how we would ask you guys right now, how do you know if you're healthy or if you're sick? Right. Because, you know, they're really the same thing. But a lot of times, well, I feel good. And if I don't feel good, then I go to my medicine cabinet or I go to my doctor or I go to my naturopath or I take this for that. And it's the natural way to treat it. But you're still thinking from an outside in perspective and you're waiting for something to go wrong. Remember, you can feel great um, and be diagnosed with late stage cancer the very next day. You can feel great and drop dead of a heart attack the same day. Um, I always say, you've heard me say this before, I don't know where I got this from, but I've said it for so many years, it's mine now. Uh, who's ever done that before? I'm not the only one. You stole somebody else's quote. You don't give them credit. I'm about to do the same thing. But basing your health on how you feel is like jumping off the Empire State Building. And every time you pass a floor, you're like, I feel good so far. I feel good so far. You're really waiting on hard physics and matter to let you know that there's a problem. So the whole way of the, the healthcare model has really um, taken advantage and capitalized on that because a lot of times, what do we do? We wait to get sick and end up going to a doctor versus going, wait a second, if health is the norm and I actually play a role in that journey, I'm not gonna sit around and wait for a cancer diagnosis before I do something about my health because if I do the things now to support my body, I give myself the best chance to stay out of the system, to no longer be a customer and give my body the best chance to heal. Because guys, listen, the body can live 80 to 120 years in robust health. That are Those are the facts. Um, the research supports that. So anything outside of that, we're really settling for less than what God has for us. At Happy Healthy, you know, we exist to not only disrupt, but to help educate, pull people out of the system so you can become the CEO of your own journey. But that all starts with you taking action, knowing what the truth is. And now that you know the truth, there's no more excuses, ladies and gentlemen. The ball falls in your court. It falls in our court. And the great news is we're doing it with you. I'm reading a new book right now by John Maxwell. Um, Y'all ever John Maxwell? Uh, one of my mentors. I don't know him personally, uh, <laughs> but I've always looked up to him. I've heard him speak so many times. But, you know, the, the one thing that Rob and I can give you guys always is that we're never going to ask you to do anything or talk about something that we don't live or we're not congruent with, okay? Because we're doing this with you. We love the accountability that you guys provide us. We want to give you guys that same accountability. I was talking the other day. I love this community with Happy Healthy. This is an awesome group of ladies and gentlemen who really care about the things that matter most. So anyway, all that to be said is uh, this book is amazing, but one of the chapters was talking about how to communicate. And if you don't believe and live what you teach, it just doesn't land very well. When you start asking you know, doctors for health advice and, and going to this person or that person, number one question you really ask is really, are they living what they're teaching? And if they're not, there's a good chance you could be getting propaganda. Yeah, absolutely. And here's, here's one thing, you know, even, even as we're talking about that definition of health, and you got to remember too, is that you could you could be in pain and you could feel like crap and actually be 100% healthy. That's true. As well, so don't forget that. So a lot of you that are like, hey, if I'm feeling this way, that way, or this way, 
you know what, what's wrong? Well, no, there's not anything wrong. It could be everything is right as well. So you could feel bad and be healthy. So don't, don't forget that. So let's get into answering some questions on the Ask Us Anything episode of the podcast. So Ask let's, us let's, almost any. Almost, yeah. Ask us almost anything. I like that better. Okay. So one of the questions we got, somebody trying to make healthy change, which is I appreciate they asked the question, are organic and grass-fed beef and eggs the same thing? So what would you say to that? Um, no. And, and listen, it's it's gotten so confusing. Uh, who's been to the grocery store recently and it's like grass-fed, grass-finished, Angus you know, 100% Texas beef, Wagyu, Kobe. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's There's a lot pastured versus not pastured. It's gotten confusing. What I would tell you guys is for best, for best practices and for best quality, you always want to go back to what animals would have been eating before we got involved and messed them all up, right? Because the only animals I know that get sick are the ones that are under our care. We feed them crap food. We pump them full of drugs and vaccines. And they're not designed to eat that crap or have those chemicals. So what do animals eat, specifically cows? They eat grass. Uh, and there's a reason they're able to eat grass. They're what's called a ruminant animal. So ruminant animals have multiple stomachs, things like bison, uh, deer, uh, elk, uh, lamb. Those are all ruminant animals because they have multiple stomachs because they can eat grass, break it down, regurgitate it, ruminate. That's why we say you ladies like to ruminate. You just keep it coming back around, right? <laughs> you regurgitate it back up. You chew on it a little bit more. I'm kidding, ladies. No bad emails. If you do, send them to rob at h2virtual.com. Um, but cows and those ruminant animals can chew that, regurgitate it because it can go through multiple digestive processes to pull out all those good nutrients and get rid of all the anti-nutrients that can make a stomach like ours very sick. If you wanna get really sick, go into a pasture, start chewing a bunch of grass. You're not gonna do well, okay? So grass-fed, grass-finished pastured beef is really what you're looking for, okay? So grain-fed is gonna be a problem. Same thing when you're talking about chickens. What would chickens eat? Well, they're not eating grain and soy. They're not stuck in coops. Uh, you know, clustered together. They're able to roam, get outside, get sunlight, eat insects. You can tell the difference between uh, an egg yolk from a, from a chicken that's been raised conventional versus one in the backyard. So you're looking for pastured eggs. You're looking for free range chickens that get outside, have sunlight, who aren't in close quarters, grass fed, grass finished beef. Those are your best options. So start looking at those and really those are all available now in most of your grocery stores. We always recommend buy local. There's some local farms here that Rob and I get food from here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Uh, but if you don't have a local farm, Central Market, Whole Foods, Sprouts, I mean, Trader Joe's, all these places, even like Albertsons, Kroger, Tom Thumb, they've all got this stuff now because people are wanting it. Um, so that's the best way to navigate yeah, it. Yeah, no excuses at all. All right. And by the way, like when you look at a like like a real, I was when I was recently in Costa Rica at this, at this, this, this farm, and they were actually harvesting their own chickens there. And you see these, these, these little bitty chickens. And I say little bitty because they were actually like real chickens um, that were eating, you know, off the, off the land, the, the bugs and everything. And these, these chickens, and they were explaining they're, they're little because 
They're not, they're not full of um, hormones. They're not full of steroids. They're not full of um, antibiotics and all the stuff. So a chicken's, you shouldn't be eating like a chicken breast that weighs like a pound. It, it looks like a, what'd you say, called it earlier? It looks like a, it was the body face. Oh, it body looked filter. like a freaking uh, li li little, uh, little Arnold, Arnold Schwarzenegger chicken. <laughs> little Lou Ferrigno so, running around. Exactly. It's, it's not, it's not a chicken. So, so there, so there you are. So and wait, be careful with that too, yeah. just really quickly on that chickens, turkey, uh, those are monogastric animals like humans. They only have one stomach. So you have to be even more sensitive to what they're being fed. Remember, if they're being fed grain, soy, seed oil, that's getting into their DNA, into their musculature, into the fatty tissue, just like it does with humans who also have one stomach who are not meant to eat that crap either. So be very, very particular if you're not eating a ruminant animal. Uh, that would be my advice as well. Yes, absolutely agree. All right, next question. Next question is, um, how do I recover from a day eating carbs and sugar for overall wellness? And so this is one of the things that we teach, you know, in the in the never going back to where you were phase. One of the things that I would say is that, Don't you know, you do. yeah, here's, yeah, and I literally just did it. And by the way, those of you guys who are in program, I just started, um, I just started, uh, this is uh, day two of program for me. So I'm actually in program right now. Yeah. And so, um, just so you, just so you know, there, we would never ask you guys to do anything that we don't actually do ourselves. And so, yeah. So one of the things that I do is I'll do a 24 hour fast. I'll do a 24 hour fast. Um, I'll eat, you know, for dinner as an example, like a, a Wagyu grass fed uh, uh, ribeye with some sautéed. Oh, that um, one you had last night yeah, that yeah. you posted. With that, the, yeah, with the, that with, good. Thank, once again, thanks for the call. Appreciate you. Yeah, I only had one ribeye. Sorry, <laughs> and I don't share food. So. Um, <laughs> so uh, with uh, with sautéed apples, one of my favorite things is to use um, the organic Celion um, cinnamon to sauté the apples in the SCT oil. So that's how I broke my fast. I wanted to make sure I had good healthy fats, the proteins in there, not putting a bunch of phytic acid in my body with vegetables and, and, and intoxifying um, my body that way. But that's how I would recover from doing carbs because the day before that, I had actually had pizza. And okay. so, uh, okay. so, so, so there you go. So I just did a 24 hour fast, rebooted my body and now here I am. Yeah. And so that's, that's definitely one way to do it for sure. Especially if you're yeah. nice and well and fat adapted, been through totally. multiple rounds of yes. the program, yes, you're yes, able yes. to fast very well. One of the things I like to do, um, that's a little bit different, but it also really is my way to kind of come off maybe a day where I wasn't at my best is the very next day. I love to do a, uh, a fasted workout. It's perfect to do a fasted workout because I can really drive down my glycogen stores. So if you ate a bunch of food, a bunch of sugar, carbs, maybe you had made the mistakes, your body can store only so much of that in the muscle and the liver. And until you get rid of that storage amount, your body won't get back to the fat burning. So think about that. If you're full of glycogen, your muscles and liver are full, you're going to burn sugar, you're not going to burn fat. So a fasted workout will help my body empty out those glycogen stores first thing in the morning when the hormone um, cascade is perfect to make that happen. And then obviously I'll come back and that day, what I will do is I'll do like a low carb day. I really don't eat any fruit or honey that I typically eat. I'll eat more fat uh, and ruminant animals and protein, maybe some kefir, uh, maybe some raw cheese, but I'm going to keep it a little more lower carb on that day. So I I deplete my glycogen stores with a fasted workout. I keep it low carb that day. That gets me right back on track. And so the next day I'm up and running again, real food, doing my life. Um, so don't worry, nothing's perfect. Uh, we're not all gonna be perfect, but I like both of those strategies there. Both are very effective. 
uh, and both can help get you right back on track from a, maybe a, a bad choice Saturday or Sunday. Yeah. And the other thing too, is to, to realize that, you know, living, living this way, happy, healthy is a lifestyle. It's not, it's not an event. So it'd be like, you know, was it really just one day of doing, you know, carb loading or was it really like a week mm -hmm. of doing a bunch of crazy, crazy stuff? So that's, you know, that's that's another question for that person. If I, if I was actually talking to that person in person. And it's much easier to recover once you've got this robust, strong metabolism. Once you are fat adapted, when you're more insulin sensitive, you've got that metabolic flexibility. So it's a lot less. However, I will say you'll find yourself in those days when you're making those mistakes. It's like, this is not even worth it. My gut feels bloated. I feel sick. I don't have any energy. You can already tell going back to that old way of doing things, guys, it is not worth it. Um, so who knows what I'm talking about, by the way? You're like, I this, this does not feel good. That That is not worth it. I want to get back on my real food plan immediately. Yeah, so it is a lifestyle. Eating real food, nothing sexy about it. It's just the facts, guys, and it makes the difference. And I can tell immediately, like when I get off track, like the way I feel in my gut, I feel so sick and full and bloated. I hate that feeling. Um, grain does it for me, even sourdough. So no sourdough comments uh, in the chat box there. I uh, just don't do good with it. And so I, I just avoid it. It's not worth it. All right, next question. What exercise and amount is the healthiest? And I also see some questions coming through here um, live asking us about HIIT workouts, mm. um, what that looks like, what type of workout is the best, how many minutes. So I uh, want to address the exercise. Um, number one is really any kind of movement that you can get up. I love doing fasted movements, um, fasted workouts first thing in the morning, personally. Um, every morning, getting out, getting getting my body moving. Mm -hmm. I'll do some core work, some core exercise, and I'll also do some hit training. Yeah, but um, let's get a little and bit I, more specific. I echo that too on the on the fasted workout in the morning. Um, I just think about you know our ancestors and maybe being hunters and gatherers. You're probably not waking up and having a bowl of cornflakes, right? You're you're waking up. You got your feet on the ground. You're getting sun in your eyes, and you're going to hunt or gather food, and you're walking. And so I do love to walk. I, uh, it, it gives me a chance to decompress, listen to some podcasts, um, just get alone. And I love it. So walking's great. Uh, a lot of research is even showing even just 20 minutes after a meal can help support insulin sensitivity and improve glucose uptake, which is a great, great thing for the cells uh, and for your metabolism. But um, HIIT training is really cool. This is something if you guys are not doing HIIT training, um, you need to do HIIT training because it doesn't take a lot of it to get really profound results. One of the reasons I like the HIIT training is because of what it does to our bodies hormonally. So you're going to get a high, high increase in what's called human growth hormone. Human growth hormone is the holy grail of all anti-aging. So all those creams, ladies and gentlemen, that you're putting on your face, uh, they don't hold a candle to human growth hormone, literally anti-wrinkle hormone, fat burning, muscle building, anti-aging. You also can max, um, uh, excuse me, maximize or optimize your testosterone levels as well. So your, uh, your, even your insulin to your cortisol levels, you can optimize those as well. So HIIT training will do that. The key to it is you gotta go at a, almost a maximum effort. So one of the simplest things you can do is just pick any exercise. Let's just pick running in place for simplicity. 
who all can run in place. All right, don't have to get your knees that high. Just get them moving, get those feet popping, okay? And you want to go as hard as you possibly can. So this is our three-minute HIIT training program. Every one of us have three minutes a day. So you go for 20 seconds. You go as hard as you possibly can, just running in place. Hard as you possibly can. You're popping those feet. You're going, you're going, you're going. Then you rest for 20 seconds, okay? Then you hit it again. 20 seconds later, rest again for 20 seconds. Hit that third 20 seconds going as hard as you can. That is the key, max effort. And then rest for two minutes. And then repeat that cycle three times. So that's really three minutes of exercise, 12 minutes total, actually less than that. You're literally getting this incredible workout in and you're optimizing hormones, fat burning, human growth hormone, testosterone, balancing insulin and cortisol, reducing stress. It's a great, great workout. And you could pick... Uh, any type of exercise that you like, whether it's running or swimming or biking, what do you like to do, Dr. Rob? Well, what I don't like to do is what Sharon is doing What's is that? drive and exercise at the same time. So so I'd say you go ahead and get to a stopping place. Sharon, we're going to have to sign trip. a waiver uh, so, with she you. Makes, she makes me nervous. She does. So, buddy. <laughs> so, no, I, lo I love doing it. training. I, I, I love like running in place yeah. or even running like it, you know, the where the, the trails where, where I'll walk is just mm -hmm. like run for that burst. Um, jump up and down, do some jumping jacks. I love doing, I love doing that as well. So just whatever I can do while I'm out there in nature, because I love being in nature. So yeah, whatever it is, do something that you look forward to doing, something that you love that brings you peace. Uh, and, and guys, there's nothing more gratifying than getting up, getting a little sun in your eyes, getting a workout in. Man, the food tastes better when you come back and eat, your satisfaction, the mental fortitude that you build. Because I can promise you this morning, my alarm went off at 5 a.m. Got a very busy day today. And my brain immediately, guess what it told me to do? Uh, Get up and go exercise. It did not say that. Mine said snooze. It said hit snooze. You don't have to exercise today. You've got a busy day. You can do it later in the day. You can do it tomorrow. You've had a lot on your plate. Give yourself a break. Those were all the thoughts just getting, just going after me this morning. And finally, after about 15 minutes of just torturing myself, I jumped out of bed, I got up and I made it happen. So a lot of that is really powerful just to get up, keep your word to yourself. Remember working out in the morning doesn't happen at 5 a.m. when the alarm clock goes off. Working out the next morning happens the night before when you said you were going to do something. That's when the commitment starts. If you're waiting to exercise by waking up and hoping that you feel like it tomorrow morning, none of you are ever going to exercise again because I know that I will not. Exactly, all right, next question. How long does a healed metabolism last? Good question. Just saying. That's a it that's an interesting question. It is an interesting uh, question because uh it, it actually makes it seem like having a healed metabolism is actually like an event. My <laughs> metabolism was healed. It's going to be like this forever now. It's almost like a like a like a We're done. Pentecostal healing where somebody gets knocked out and they're healed and they're forever healed the rest of their life. Uh, I can tell you this, um, I brush my teeth on the reg and uh, there won't be a point where I'm like, you know what, today I finally did it. I, I brushed my teeth and I'll never have to do it again. Uh, my workout today was great, but I know what I'm gonna have to do is I'm gonna have to keep doing the things that help me get the result that I want. So listen, and we're being funny, uh, but on a serious note, yeah, it's not an event. Uh, it's not a noun, it, it's, it is, um, it's a verb. It's an action. Healing your metabolism is really contingent on 
not only what you were doing to make it sick and stopping that behavior, but now replacing those behaviors with things that help to heal and correct and maintain that. So listen, getting your metabolism, weight set, point set, doing multiple, round, multiple rounds of our program can really give you an advantage. We all know that. But if you just went back the next three to six months and just went back to eating processed sugar, grain, flour, seed oil, not moving, negative thoughts, and really not doing your part, it's just probably not going to maintain itself. Uh, in fact, I know it's not going to maintain itself. So to answer that question, that's how I would answer it. It's like anything that you value, you're going to invest time, money, and energy into it. And it's going to be your top priorities. It's going to be something that you think about. It's going to be something that you do on the regular to make sure that you're getting what you want. Because I can tell you life is a lot more fun with the rock star metabolism. It affords you so many liberties and luxuries that you don't have. When you live in calorie prison, you're counting every point, you're inflamed and you don't feel good. And that right there, you can also maintain that the rest of your life. So you got to pick your pain, the pain of putting the work in to have a healthy metabolism or the pain of being sick, overweight and inflamed, which isn't even serving you. And there's zero reward with that type of a pain. Yeah, well put. Yeah. So there you go. So that's so that's the end of the Ask Us Anything portion of almost the podcast. Anything. Almost, yeah, the almost anything <laughs> course podcast. So thank you guys for listening um, to the podcast once again. Thanks for listening to the Happy Healthy Life Podcast. If you enjoy the show, make sure to follow them on Instagram at the H2 Life or on YouTube and Facebook at the Happy Healthy Guys. Don't forget to like, subscribe, follow, and review the show wherever you listen to podcasts.